Elisha says to the woman, he says, tell, tell me, what do you have in the house? And it's so interesting to me because the first thing this woman says, she says, I have nothing. I have nothing. But I have a little bit of oil. He says, what do you have in the house? I have nothing. But I, got, I guess I got a little bit of oil. Can I just remind us tonight that if you have a little bit of oil, oil represents the Holy Spirit. Don't ever undervaluate what you do have. The provision is in the house. You already got the provision inside of you. You already got everything you need inside of you. If you, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Don't ever undervalue the, the work of the Spirit in your life. When you're, when you're getting into a hard situation, you say, what, what, what do you have? The prophet says, what do you have in the house? The answer is already in the house. It's already inside of you. It's already in your church. It's already in your ministry. What do you, what do you need? The answer's in the house. There's a miracle in the house. The miracle's already there. It just hasn't fully manifested yet. But there's a miracle in the house. There's a miracle inside of you. It's the work of the Spirit inside of you. You have everything you need to see that dream fulfilled. You have everything you need to see that broken dream move into a place of overflow. Welcome to the Resurgence Messages Podcast. We gather and minister regularly for the purpose of reaching people, reviving churches, and releasing leaders. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you to arise for the kingdom of God. For more information on the ministry of Resurgence and how you can take part, check out liveresurgence.com. You have your Bible, 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. Father, we pray tonight that you would continue to grace us, Lord. We thank you for your word, that it is sharper than any two-edged sword, Lord, that it divides and it speaks and it heals us and it helps us and it waters our thirsty souls. We thank you for your word tonight, God. We pray that you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us. I thank you, God, that you love us, that you are for us, that you are at work in all of our lives. And so, Lord, we ask you, give us ears to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. Give us hearts to respond in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So we've been talking about dreams. We are like those who dream. We are like those who dream. It's time to dream. It's a season of dreaming again. It's a season of trusting God for what is next. And I believe that there are many in this room tonight. You've come, and maybe it's been hard for you to dream. It's been a big few years. It's been hard to kind of dream and, and some of us are almost like scared to dream again. Like, what, what's it going to mean if I dream? And even tonight as we step into a new season and there's prophetic words and there's God calling us. And I, I know for me as well, like there's, there's a weariness at times in the journey. And it's like, yeah, Lord, I want to dream, but, but what, is, what is that going to require? And we want to align with God, but there, there are times in life where it's, where it's hard to dream. Now Joseph, we talked about yesterday, had a dream. He showed his brothers the coat and 
They hated him, and then they hated him even more every time he told them more about the dream. We know what happened to Joseph, and that was the process of him seeing that dream. He had to grow up into his coat like we talked about earlier today, last night. But eventually that dream manifested as he was faithful to follow God. But here's my question for us tonight. What happens when your dream dies? What happens when your dream is delayed? What happens when it feels like, yeah, I want a dream, but it feels like the wind got kicked out of my dream? I don't know what it's going to take for me to get back on that dream wagon. I want a dream, but it's hard to dream because of some of the stuff that has happened. Uh, I heard you share tonight about losing your dad. And it was three years ago, too, that I lost my dad. So thank you for sharing that. And in that journey for me, there were times that God has called me to pastor the church at First Assembly and to cast vision and to say, here's where we're going and here's the dream of God. That as I'm stepping out in faith, it's that mixture sometimes of we have faith, but our emotions sometimes have a hard time catching up with where our faith desires to go. And so sometimes we find it hard to dream when other things are stalled, when there's delay, when there's discouragement, when there's distractions or things are sidetracked. And and tonight in 2 Kings chapter 4, there's a woman who had some pretty big dreams, but her dreams got sidetracked. You see, this woman, her husband was part of Elisha's school of ministry. He signed up. He's like, I'm going down to Reading. Oh, no, no, I mean, I'm going down to uh, Elisha's school of supernatural, miracle school of the prophetic. And so me and the wife and the boys, we're going to head down. We're going to drive down. We're going to go down there. I'm going to sign up. I'm going to quit my job. I'm just going to go full-time ministry because Elisha, man, he's just, he's awesome. And there's a good thing going on down there. I want to catch that revival. So this woman and her husband and the boys, they get in the van. They drive down there. And everything's going pretty good. It's like there's some good things happening. And pretty soon, this lady's husband, he's on staff. He's working for, he's on staff with Elisha. It's like it's awesome. And they're going, they're doing conferences. And they're doing festivals. And they're doing prophetic schools and healing schools and healing rooms and songwriting clinics. And it's just awesome. It's just like fire. I'm at the Elisha School of the Supernatural. So awesome. They move the whole family there, and everything's going great. One day, this lady's husband, he passes away. She's like, what's going on, God? You, you spoke to us, Lord. You called us to this ministry school. You, you called us to this opportunity, and now... Here, here we are, and we, we did what you called us to do, Lord. We sold everything up where we were living, and we packed everything up, and we drove all the way down here, and we just, we've given our lives to this. We've, we've come here because we felt like it was you, and, and you, you, you led us to this place, Lord. But here we are, and now things are not happening. And the dream that we had, it just feels like that dream has died. And this is what we find in this, this story 
2 Kings chapter 4, it says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets, she cried out to Elisha. She says, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And now the creditors are coming to take my two sons to be slaves. In other words, she couldn't pay for anything. Her, her, her credit cards were maxed, her bills. She had no food in the house. It went from bad to worse to worse and even worse. And so Elisha said to her, well, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? That's a good question. What do you have in the house? And she said, well, your maidservant has nothing in the house, but I have a jar of oil. And then he said, well, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and do not gather just a few. In other words, gather a whole whack of them. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you with your sons and then pour it out into all the vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and she shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. And now it came to pass when the vessels were full, everybody say full, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel, mother. So the oil ceased. And then she came and she told the man of God, and he said, well, go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your son shall live on the rest. I want to speak to you just for a few moments tonight about empty vessels and filled lives. Empty vessels and filled lives. Because when the dream dies, the Holy Spirit will come and fill what is empty and what's been lost. We need the Holy Spirit. Empty vessels are prime candidates to be filled again with a fresh dream, with fresh provision, with fresh anointing. Just the moment you feel like the dream's changing. Just the moment you feel like the dream might be dead. Just the moment you feel like it's getting too hard. Just the moment. And whether you need this message tonight or you need this message six months from now, if you've ever experienced loss, if you've ever experienced debt and disappointment, empty vessels are candidates for filled lives. Have you ever run out of anything lately? I was writing in my journal the other day. I had a pen. And the Lord was giving me some heavy revy from the scripture. And I'm like, oh, this is really good. And I start writing, and the pen died, like, after, like, about two words. The pen was demon-possessed. I rebuked that pen. I hate running out of stuff. My second oldest daughter got married. I've told some of you at lunch today and or at dinner tonight. And um, so we had a lot of barbecues happening in June at, at our house. We had, you know, visitors and guests and people that were coming by. And so we just kept barbecue. And, and, and so we kept running out of stuff. And so my wife, Heather, she sent me out to the store. There was one day she sent me out to the store three times. The first time she said, oh, can you get a few things from the store? And we're just out. Okay, so I'm down there. I come back home. She, oh, sorry. Can you get, can you go one more time? And then the third time, I'm like, is there anything else you want me to get? I'm going to the store one more time. And, uh, you know, 
and, and so I, I ended up just buying a few more things anyway. I do that sometimes anyway. Guys, how many want to admit that? You go to the store, especially when you're hungry, you're just like, like sometimes my wife will say, well, can you go get like some milk and some butter and, and some bread? And I come home with eggs and a bag of chips and salsa, because you always have chips and salsa in your house, right? Like to me, it's like chips and salsa are like staples around our house. So, but I hate running out of stuff. It's not fun to run out of anything. Maybe, maybe uh, you're in a place tonight where it feels like you've run out, or maybe there's been a season of your life, or maybe there will be a season. And some of, some of us tonight, as I was praying and preparing, I felt like this word will be something that you can tuck away for another time in the future. I'm not trying to encourage you that you know, you're going to run out of stuff, but there are times that we feel empty. Maybe you've walked through that. Maybe you're feeling that even this weekend, that there's, there's times where you just feel like there's a place of lack and, and, and maybe for some of you, it's more than running out of groceries or it's more than running out of ink in your pen, but there are some, there are some deficits in your life and you feel empty in certain areas. Maybe there's some family situations, there's some brokenness, there's some places of emptiness. Maybe there are certain streams. I find that life kind of works on a couple tracks and it feels like there are certain tracks of life that are going really well. But if we're really honest, at the same time on that other track, there's some other parts of our lives that sometimes are not aligning have you noticed that? That sometimes life can be going, oh, it's really going well. But there's this other side of life that can be very challenging at times. There can be some deficit. There can be some hardship. There can be some lack. There can be some things where we're like, God, I just need you to come through here. And I believe there's people in the room tonight. There's some things that are really going well, but there are some significant areas of lack. And sometimes those areas of lack, they can hinder potentially the dream because you're like, I want to dream with God, but I'm so focused on this area of lack. But tonight I'm telling you that every area of lack tonight is going to be filled in your life. Because the Holy Spirit is a filler. And he's about to fill us to overflowing. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. He said that, that if you were thirsty, that out of your innermost being will flow torrents, rivers of living water. And so if there's any emptiness tonight, if there's anything, any area of lack, I believe tonight that the Holy Spirit is going to touch your life in such a way that it will mark you and it will transform you and it will set your dream back on track. Because sometimes dreams die. What do you do when dreams die? This woman's dream died. This woman is a widow. She finds herself in a desperate situation. Her husband had been a part of this Prophetic school of Elisha and Elijah. They'd given everything. And everything was going well until her husband died and then it left her all by herself and then she's in a place she doesn't have anything. And she's got two boys. She's got to feed the boys. Now she's single momming it. Got a couple kids and they're hungry. So she did okay for a while. Went to the food bank. Got a few groceries. Now it's getting bad. Now her credit cards are maxed. Now the bank is calling her. Now people are calling her. Creditors are calling her. And in this culture, what would happen is if you couldn't pay a, a bill, they had a legal right to come. And if you had sons in the house, then the sons would have to go and work as slaves until the debt was paid off. So now this woman is like, I lost not just my husband. Now I'm risking losing my two boys, everything that I have. I'm empty. We moved here with a dream, Lord. We, we moved here to join this ministry, and, and now we're lacking. Now, now, now things have changed. And I want us to notice a few things here, because I think that there's some key principles that we can, we can see that the Holy Spirit is going to help us with 
tonight as we think about our lives being open and empty vessels to be, to be ready to be filled, to be positioned to be filled. So the first thing is this, the woman cried out to God first. She cried out. Well, you say, well, she cried out to Elisha. Well, Elisha was the one who represented God to her. Sometimes we go to our friends first when things get hard. We, we, we go to people, and there's nothing wrong with good counsel. There's nothing wrong with getting some good advice. But when you're empty, can I encourage you tonight, if there's an area of lack in your, in your spirit and in your soul, if there's an area of lack, you can call out to God. You can call out to God. The psalmist said in 34, this poor man called out to the Lord and the Lord heard him and saved him from all his troubles. Come on. When we cry out to God, the promise is he hears us. These areas of our soul that are in lack and in need, as we cry out to the Lord, he hears us. Psalm 145 says that he fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and he saves them. God hears your cry. And as this lady cried out, she cried out to Elisha, but she was crying out to God. She's saying, God, how did I get in this situation? Why did she cry out? Because she owed this debt. She owed a debt she couldn't pay. Her sons had to work off this debt, and she didn't want to lose her sons. And this is a, this is a prophetic picture of where many people were at and where our culture is at in some ways. Even today where there's, like, there's a debt, there's a deficit, there's a, there's a barrenness. There's, like we talked about yesterday, there's a famine in the land. There's a deep debt that we owe. There's a brokenness about our culture. There, there, there's, a, there's a depravity, there's a brokenness, there's an emptiness, there's a lostness. There, there's, a, there's a desert, there's a famine in our culture today spiritually. And like this woman, I, th- I think it's, it's, it's more than even just personal. It's something that God might just be calling us to do as we, as we think about dreaming with God. As We're saying, Lord, our culture is so broken. We're calling out to you, Lord God, because the creditors are coming to the door. You see, the enemy has his eyes and his sight on this next generation. The sons represent the next generation. The sons in the house. The enemy's coming after the, the young people. He's coming after the kids. He's coming after the young adults. He's coming after, and, and, and he's, like, he's like, I'm coming after the sons of the house. And we got to rise up as a, as, a, as a prophetic voice in, in our nation today. And that's what I love about resurgence because it's a voice. It's a voice crying out in the wilderness. It's a voice calling out in the famine. And it's calling out to God. And it's calling out and crying out. Because the enemy wants to get the sons, the sons of the house. And she owed a debt. The Bible says that sin is like a debt. And we can apply this personally as well. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all owe a debt. The thing about sin is it works a little bit like a bank draft. An overdraft in a bank account, I should say. Sin works like an overdraft in a bank account. And if you have an overdraft, and we all do, we all have a debt to pay. No one else with an overdraft, no one else in debt can pay that debt. Only the one with credit can help. Come on. And Jesus, how many know, is the only one with credit. The only one that can do anything about our debt is him. And this woman knew it, and she cried out to God. She said, God, I I owe a debt, and they're coming to get my sons. Because of the sin and because of the brokenness in our culture and in our world, the enemy is trying to get the sons of the house, trying to get the next generation. 
And so we're crying out to the Lord tonight. Then we see this. The provision was in the house. I love this. This is so good. This is powerful. Elisha says to the woman, he says, tell, tell me, what do you have in the house? And it's so interesting to me because the first thing this woman says, she says, I have nothing. I have nothing. But I have a little bit of oil. He says, what do you have in the house? I have nothing. But I, got, I guess I got a little bit of oil. Can I just remind us tonight that if you have a little bit of oil, oil represents the Holy Spirit. Don't ever undervaluate what you do have. The provision is in the house. You already got the provision inside of you. You already got everything you need inside of you. If you, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Don't ever undervalue the, the work of the Spirit in your life. When you're, when you're getting into a hard situation, you say, what, what, what do you have? The prophet says, what do you have in the house? The answer is already in the house. It's already inside of you. It's already in your church. It's already in your ministry. What do you, what do you need? The answer's in the house. There's a miracle in the house. The miracle's already there. It just hasn't fully manifested yet. But there's a miracle in the house. There's a miracle inside of you. It's the work of the Spirit inside of you. You have everything you need to see that dream fulfilled. You have everything you need to see that broken dream move into a place of overflow, a place of fruitfulness. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. He's everything you need. Don't ever undervalue what you already have. How many have the Holy Spirit living inside them? You have everything you need. The miracle's in the house. And God often begins with what we already have. Have you noticed this in Scripture? And if we give God what we have, God, God can make it go a long way. Moses, he had a rod in his hand. And the Lord said to him, throw it down. Well, God had a big vision for Moses, but he, had, he said, what's in your hand? And, and that rod in his hand represented his, his career, he was a shepherd. It represented his income. And it represented his identity. And the Lord would say to you tonight, what do you have? What you have, I need you to submit it to me. I need you to throw it down again. You see, when Moses threw down his career, his identity, and his income before the Lord, said, Lord, everything I have is from you anyway, and I surrender it to you, that's when it became supernatural because it turned into a snake. When, when, you, when you surrender what you have, what God has given you, that's when it becomes supernatural. People say, I want to see more supernatural movement of the Holy Spirit in my life, in my church. Can I just say this? To the degree that you are surrendered is to the degree that you will see the supernatural take place in your life and in your ministry. If you can surrender more, you will see more supernatural. It's just the reality. If you, if you can keep a sensitive heart and an open heart to the Lord when he nudges you a certain way, you say, Lord, I just I, I want to go where you want me to go. And, 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 and Lord, whatever it is I have, I, I recognize that what I have is not very much. It was just a little boy that came that one day, and he just had a couple of fish and some loaves of bread, and his mom packed him a lunch. And, and what, who was that mom that day that was packing him a lunch to go see Jesus and, and bless that mom for being the only mother who even cared about somebody. There was no other food around anywhere. Nobody else's mom was cool like that mom. That mom needs a Mother's Day 
bouquet. But she sent that little son of hers out to see Jesus, and he had a little bit of lunch, and all he had is a little bit. Don't undervalue what you have. When you offer it to the Lord, that's when it begins to multiply. When you offer it to the Lord, that's when it becomes supernatural. And what this woman had in the house, she just had a little bit of oil. She says, I have nothing, but I have a little bit of oil. And the prophet said, that's exactly what you need. You just need to surrender that. That's what you need. God begins with what we already have. Second Peter says, his divine power, listen to this, has given us everything. Somebody say everything. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. God has already given you everything you need. It just needs to be surrendered. So this woman surrendered. She said, well, I guess I got a little bit of oil. And the prophet's like, that's exactly it. All I need is a little bit. The miracle's already in the house. And then God, we see then God fills the empty vessels. Because what the prophet said, he says, go out now. Take that little bit of oil. And I want you to get as many empty vessels as you can. And the woman and her son, well, we don't have, like, we don't have, we just, all we have is this. We already told you. He's like, well, okay, then go to your neighbor's. And start knocking on their doors, trick or treat, and knock on their doors and just go around the neighborhood and just say, we don't want full vessels, we just want empty ones. And we just want to borrow them. We don't want to keep them, we just want to borrow, we just want to borrow empty vessels and we want to bring them home. And so the boys are out walking around the neighborhood, knocking on Mr. Jones' door, knocking on everybody's door. Excuse me, we're collecting bottles and cans and empty vessels. What's your cause? It's for the school of ministry. <laughs> okay, sure, take these extra bottles or whatever you want. And so they come home, and they got just like boxes and boxes of empty bottles and vessels. And So the prophet says, well, take them then. Take your sons in the house and get behind closed doors and close the door. And he says, and begin to pour that oil. See, can I submit to you tonight that that's where the oil flows is behind closed doors? That prayer closet? That place where the Lord says, just get, get behind those closed doors and just begin to pour. That's where the intimacy happens. That's where the miracle happens in our own lives. On the day of Pentecost, you see, Jesus, he, he said to his disciples, he said, go to Jerusalem because you guys, you guys, you don't have very much at all. All you got all you got is you got three years with me, but you, you, you don't have what it takes to do what I'm calling you to do. So go and, and find that upper room and get in that upper room and lock the door and wait. And all the vessels they could find. You see, it says that Jesus appeared to over 500 people, maybe even way more than that after he resurrected. But it was only 120 vessels that they could kind of pull together that, that was in that upper room. But those vessels were in that upper room. They said, Lord, we are here. There's as many. And then the oil began to pour out. On the day of Pentecost, they were all filled to overflowing. The Holy Spirit came and filled the place where they were meeting, and everyone was filled. It's a picture of, and so these guys got the, so the sons, and, and they got the empty vessels, and every time uh, they, they got the empty vessel, the, the oil kept pouring. And our lives are, are pictured in the, in the Bible like, like vessels. The Lord spoke to Jeremiah, go to the potter's house and watch the potter, and the clay was being made into a vessel. 
In Romans 9, it says God is the potter and we are the clay. 2 Corinthians 4 says that we have this treasure in jars of clay. We are treasures. We, are, we have treasures inside of us. We are jars of clay. We are empty vessels. But the problem is sometimes, here's the thing, sometimes the, the vessels we have are so full of other things that we don't have enough room for the oil. We've got to be careful that our, our vessels are not full of other things. This is why we have to be empty. To see us walk in the dreams that God has for us, it's, it's about an emptying. It's about a saying, Lord, I, I'm here, and I don't want to be a vessel that is full of other things, but I, I want to, uh, not, 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 not full of, uh, of good things, but full of myself. I don't want to be full of myself, Lord. I don't want to be full of doubt and fear and sin and brokenness. I want to be healed so I can be a vessel. Sometimes the problem is we're too full of other things that we don't have the capacity that God wants to fill us with. We can be full of pride. We can be full of ourselves. It says, God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Charles Spurgeon said this. I, I like this. He said, your emptiness is but the preparation for your being filled. Your emptiness is but preparation. So when we come before the Lord open, he says, it is not our emptiness but our fullness which can hinder the outgoings of free grace. It's our fullness sometimes, full of other things in our lives. And Elisha says, go, go, go gather these vessels, get them. And the more room we give God, the more he fills our lives. More vessels equals more oil. Amen. And it's so interesting to me that the oil stopped when, the, when they ran out of vessels. That's when the oil stopped. Every time they got a vessel, it was filled supernaturally. It was just that little bit of oil. The miracle was in the house. You know, a few weeks ago, my wife, we sometimes we'll do our, our devotions or whatever kind of on our own, and then we'll just come, to, I'll come downstairs, and she usually does it downstairs. I usually do it upstairs. And I came down the other day and got my coffee, and we're sitting on the couch. And she was, like, really moved. And she said, you know, she was, I, I was just in prayer today, and I just felt like the Lord said it's, it's, he's pouring out and that we got to get vessels ready. And, and it was like the Lord just showed me. He, it's like that we're in a season of the oil pouring out, and every vessel we get, it's going to be filled. You know, it's incredible. We're seeing that in our church. Every time we, every time we start some kind of event or a ministry or we've started new service times, and, and they just start filling up. People just, it's just incredible. It feels like we're in a season where whatever vessel we bring to the Lord, the God's pouring into it. And I feel like there is a season that is happening, and I believe, and I want to declare it over resurgence, and I want to declare it over your life and over your church and your local church and your ministry, that, that as you prepare your life and as you prepare your ministry and as you prepare in a place of openness, that we are now, and I declare we are in a season of the oil of the Spirit being poured out upon Canada in a fresh way, and the oil is pouring, and the Lord is saying, get the vessels, get the vessels, get as many vessels as you can, and the more vessels we can get, the more open lives and empty hearts that are open before God, not full of ourselves or other things, but if we could stand in his presence and say, oh God, as your oil is pouring out in this season, I want to be under the tap. I want to be under that place. Lord, the oil and the miracle and the power and the presence of God is pouring out right now in Canada. And I want to get as many vessels, and not just me, but I want to get as many vessels from the neighborhoods. It's a picture of outreach. It's a picture of evangelism. It's a picture of the end time outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the harvest that is being poured out even right now the oil is pouring we got to go get vessels as many vessels as you can get you're going to see all of them filled 
I just want to declare, get, get ready because the oil is pouring out. And, and Heather said she's had like tears in her eyes. She goes, I just felt like the Holy Spirit say he's pouring out. And we got to get as many vessels as we can ready for this end times outpouring. And we've seen it and we're just beginning to see it. I believe we're only scratching the surface. You know, we make room, don't we, in our lives when we can remember. Like when we need to make room, we make room. Like, we have four girls, and I remember our first one coming home from the hospital. And, uh, you know, we, we, we made room. We made a little baby's room. We painted it. We got it all ready. Why? Because we, we knew a baby was coming. And that day she was born, we brought her home. She had a little crib. She had a little room. And then we found out we were having our second child. Oh, well, what are we going to do? Well, our, well, I don't know what we're going to do. So we found another little place. Then we had to move to another house. Then we had a third baby. And, and the third baby, we actually had to, she, she, she came home and she lived, in our, she lived in our walk-in closet for the first three months because we were moving again. Like we had to keep finding more room. We had to keep finding empty vessels to fill these rooms with these, because we were in a season of outpouring. Come on. Many children. I just prophesied over your family right now in Jesus' name. Three is not enough. I feel four. Yeah. Because, because they were coming, we had to prepare the room. We had to prepare the place. What kind of rooms in your heart do you need to prepare for the Lord to pour in? Is there some places that you need to prepare? Is there some clutter? Is there some stuff that you just need to say, Lord, there's some things in my heart that's hurt, it's some pain, it's whatever. Lord, I need you to heal it. I need you to cleanse it. I need you to help. I want, to be, I want you to fill every room of my life. Because the oil's pouring out. The oil's pouring out. And the more room we make for God, the more he will fill. When they ran out of jars, the oil stopped. There was, no, there was absolutely no limit to the oil. Isn't that incredible to think about? There's no limit to the oil. It's just how much can we contain it and how much capacity do we have to carry what he's calling us to and what he's anointing us with. So are you willing to be a vessel that God can fill? When the dream dies, when the dream dies, call out to God and go and take what he's already put inside of you because the miracle's in the house and go and create space for God to fill again. And again, this oil is a picture of the Holy Spirit. The oil is a picture of the Holy Spirit. This miracle reminds us of the greatest miracle of all, the miracle that Jesus Christ, he paid our debts. He forgave us our sins and he sent his Holy Spirit. Romans 5 says that God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Wherever there was an empty vessel, the Lord filled it. And I think about that picture on the day of Pentecost. They were in that room. They were in that place. And they were there because they were waiting on the, on the promise that Jesus said, go. And each one of them, the 120, each one of them a vessel saying, Lord, I want, I'm hungry for you. And it's interesting because when Peter got up on the day of Pentecost, what did he say? 
He said, you know what's happening here? Everybody's like, they're drunk. They're crazy. And Peter got up. He says, no, no, no. You know what this is? This is that that the prophet Joel spoke about. This is what Joel talked about. That in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. And old men will dream dreams. And young men will see visions. Both on men and women, young and old. This is that. It's the season of dreams. Peter got up. He says, this is what happened. This is what Joel said. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit. And there will be visions and dreams. We're talking about we were like those who dreamed. The Holy Spirit is the dream giver. The Holy Spirit being poured out upon our lives in a fresh way. Where we have capacity to be open to receive everything he has for us. As we position ourselves before him, he's the one who pours out and he is the dream giver. He's the one that releases dreams, pours out fresh upon our lives. And tonight, I want to pray tonight for each one of us that we would leave this week, and I know you're meeting tomorrow, you're having communion, but my heart would be tonight to pray for us that we would be positioned as open and available vessels for the Lord to empower with his Holy Spirit in a fresh way. That we would position our lives in such a way. Some of us, the dreams have died. The dream We've lost the dream or there's areas where we're just uncertain about what it means to dream with God. But if, if we will position ourselves before the Lord tonight as empty and open and available vessels, I believe his Holy Spirit will pour into overflowing. The oil only stopped when the vessel was no longer available. I want to call us tonight to be vessels. I want to call us tonight to come before the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, I want to receive everything you have for me. You see, when we are born again, how many are thankful that we have the Holy Spirit come live inside of us? 100%. That's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But I believe the Scripture also shows us that there's the overflow of the Holy Spirit. Some call it the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus, he's the one that baptizes us in his spirit. Just like we're baptized in water. Baptism in water looks like this. You go to church. This is how I grew up anyway. It was a Sunday night service. And Sister Velma on the piano, she'd be like, I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. All things are passed away. Anybody? I've been born again. Come on, Carmen. And they would line up, and I don't know why they called them, but they were baptismal candidates. Like, what is this, an election? Like, what are we voting on you? I don't know why we called them candidates, but we did. And can, these were candidates. We might just vote you into the kingdom tonight. Um, but we would line up the candidates, and then we would, and so the pastor, they come into the tank after the song, and then the pastor stands there, and then somebody testifies. Well, this is what happened. I got born again. I gave my life to Jesus, and, 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 and I want to serve, serve Jesus the rest of my life. And the pastor's like, all right, well, based on your confession of faith, and because you love Jesus and you want to serve him, I, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, or Jesus only if you're a cop or whatever it is. And, and, so, and so it doesn't matter. And so it's still Jesus is in there still. And so, so then the pastor, what does he do? He, he takes you. And he starts putting you under the water. 
And if he's a good pastor, he won't hold you there very long. And then he lifts you up out of the water. And what happens when you come out of the water? You're wet. And you're splashing. And you're getting other people wet. This is a picture. When Jesus baptizes you and I in the Holy Spirit, he takes us as empty vessels. And he takes our clay vessels. And he immerses us in his spirit. You see, in Ezekiel 47, it says the Holy Spirit is like the river of God. And sometimes people are on the bank. Sometimes people go in ankle deep. Sometimes people go in knee deep. But in Ezekiel's vision is when he got up in over his head. That's a picture of the baptism of the Spirit. Because, because we can have just a little bit of Holy Spirit, or we can have a lot of Holy Spirit. It depends how much the vessel is immersed in the oil that is being poured out. It, it depends how much the vessel is willing to go deeper into that river, into that water. And so, just like the pastor will baptize you in water... Jesus is the one who baptizes us in his Holy Spirit. So when we come up out of the water, we are wet and splashing and getting everybody else wet. That's what the baptism of the Spirit is like. That we're immersed in his Spirit. There's an empowerment about it. Otherwise, we're just, sorry if you're Catholic, but we're just Catholic sprinkling people. A little bit of Holy Spirit. It's like, oh, I felt something. It's like, no, no, no. I want to be, be like wet. I want to be drenched with the Holy Spirit. And I want to be immersed and available. And I love that picture in Ezekiel 47. The river of God. And I want us tonight to go a little deeper into that river. Some of you have been on the banks of the river. And some of you have been dipping your toe into the water of the Spirit. Others of you, maybe you're wading in and see, in that vision, first of all, Ezekiel goes into the river and he's ankle deep, and that speaks of your walk with Jesus. When we first get saved, we have the Spirit come and live inside of us. That's the indwelling of the Spirit. We're walking with Jesus. Then the vision goes deeper and it goes up to the knees. And that speaks of your prayer life, a surrender in the Spirit. Now the water's up to your knees. Have you ever walked through water and it's just getting harder and harder to walk, right? Because now it's not just you walking, it's the, the current is starting to take you somewhere. And then in that vision, Ezekiel went a little bit deeper and he's up to his waist. And now, have you ever walked through a river and the current starts, and now your knees are one thing, friends, but when you're up to the waist and that, you get into the rapids a little bit, you get into the current, it's, it's a little bit harder to kind of go where you want to go because what happens is now the river is taking you where the river wants you to go, not just where you want to go. And it also speaks the waste, and again, we're PG-13 crowd here, Reproduction. So what happens is as the, as the water rises, the, now, now, you're, now you're, there's fruitfulness as the Spirit. As you're going deeper into the Spirit, there's fruitfulness in your life. And then the river's a little higher. And then at the end of the vision, Ezekiel, he's right into the river. He's swimming, and it's over his head. This is the baptism of the Spirit, where it's not just like, do I have the Holy Spirit, but does the Holy Spirit have me? It's not just, do I have a dream from God, but does the dream have me? It's a life of surrender. To the degree that we are surrendered is to the, the, the degree that we will see the supernatural. And I feel like tonight that the Lord is pouring out oil. He's calling us into the water of his river. He's wanting to give us a fresh baptism. He's wanting to fill. How many believe the oil is pouring out in Canada? 
How many believe that we're in a season of the Holy Spirit? How many believe that God has so much more for us than we're currently experiencing? It's true. And we can either hang out on the banks of the river, we can either stop getting the vessels, or we can get as many vessels, we can be vessels before the Lord, we can be open and available and say, Holy Spirit, come and pour and fill. I invite you to stand with me tonight. I want to pray for us tonight that the Lord would pour out in a fresh way as we consider the dreams, dreaming with God. Don't let your dream die. You remember that old Brian Dirksen song? Don't let my vision die. I'm calling out. Light the fire again. Right? Isn't that good? Don't let my vision die. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. We hope that you were blessed. For more information about Resurgence, including how you can take part of this great movement, visit www.liveresurgence.com.